1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way across the pond is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Stephen
0: Parsons. Hello. You got a new microphone, or are you just heavy breathing tonight? Why? You just sound like you're out of breath. No, I don't think so.
1: That's Do you good. hear, like, a uh, noise or anything?
0: Like a, a wind noise for a moment.
1: Oh, yeah, it. it's the air conditioning. Uh,
0: is it anyway. warm there? Uh, 90. Try and keep it that way till we get there.
1: Oh, we'll send it over. Let me shut that off for you. Better? Much. Yeah. Surprising it's all the way across the room. Anyways... Uh, can't believe it six more weeks you'll be over here
0: six I've got five well five and a half we'll split the difference there you go <laughs> bargain yeah anyway try and keep the weather this time
1: uh, I don't want it this hot this is way too hot in Spirit of course we'd be a little warm side um, I remember one year we did it in July the first year and uh, never again
0: <laughs> I remember it was, it was so cold one year we had to build a fire pit yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. Weren't we burning a witch that year? Yeah, I think we were.
1: Speaking about witches, uh, Kelly Spangler, uh, a past participant of, of Spur Quest, but also Salem Witch Pally. uh She's been on the Ghost Adventurers, and uh, she will be uh, at Spur Quest as she is doing readings as well. So, woohoo! Good to see Kelly again.
0: There we are. Now, always good to see Kelly. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. I I have. I've I've got Google ready because no doubt you're going to throw crap at me again. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. Some unrehearsed piece of snippet of information that you've picked Excuse up me. along the way. Wow. What?
1: Anyways, um,
0: do I speak? R- do I speak an untruth?
1: And yes, you do. But we are broadcasting live right here on Toja and Pararex Radio. And today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts A Better Life Through Better Living. And also, Gallant and Messier Family Law Group. Uh, they'll be coming on as a full time sponsor next week, but a little
0: preview on that. you anyway. a lawyer on this show, actually.
1: Yeah, I think we need <laughs> one on call all the time.
0: I believe. Yeah, well, that's, that's sorted out. So uh, yeah, that's a good one to hear. Yeah. Anyways,
1: so uh, once again, my computer is busy play, playing games as
0: usual. But what it's, else? It's there? that picture. Is that picture nearby? You know, it's that stupid picture. I've it, is. Just, it is. It is. You know, actually, when when I, when I come over, I can, I'm going to reconstruct the fire pit, and on the first night of spirit quest, uh, during the cabaret, before the great Viano goes cabaret, on, cabaret, yes, yes, we're going to have a ritual burning of that bloody picture. Really? Yeah, I'll do it. No, I'll I don't rid you of your curse. you be what? I I shall rid you of your curse. It's not a curse. It's a curse. Exactly. I shall shall come over and rid you of whatever it is you Americans call it. And it will be gone forever and your life will be pleasant once more. Wait a minute. Is it Dylan an exorcist? No. He did once have a treadmill.
1: Oh, did he really? Did he
0: exercise any weight? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question on the the grounds that the lawyer isn't aboard yet. (laughs) Dylan Jones will also be joining us at Spurs Quest as well, so that's exciting. He's going to be doing a very special workshop.
1: I am just sitting here watching the computer do its own thing. It's just like moving by itself. Do
0: you know, (laughs) um, the West Files has exactly the same problem. We have really? uh yeah. We have a our, our show. Is that there still is, on a year? I thought that went to work. It's gone to, it's gone to monthly. Oh, that's right. Um our show we, our radio station or the radio station, uh Pure West Radio, is controlled by a computer. So it runs the station regardless of any human intervention. So if we were all struck down by play right. or brexit or whatever else mm-hmm. um the, sh- the the station would transmit so we have to uh, particularly with our, with our show because ours is a talk show uh, predominantly a talk show so we have to um effectively interact with this machine by telling it to, to not do things like don't play music don't play ad breaks don't play the news um and so we have to sort of instruct it that we want some some time Mm -hmm. Um, and more often than not, in fact, we got down to the point where we used to call it the Monday, the Monday night ghost, because Tuesday through Sunday, it was fine. Everybody got on with it Monday night. It would you come in, it'd be five minutes into the show. The screen would go blank. Really? (laughs) Or it would show you uh, your your hour. uh, The first hour of the two hour show had been skipped and you were now in the second hour. (laughs) <laughs> um, or, or it, would, it would do all sorts of weird, crazy stuff. And because, I mean, we're fortunate with having Ben, um, but there you are, you have to try and reboot the computer whilst holding it together on the microphone and trying to phone the IT support people and and not let any of the listeners know that all hell broke, it just broke loose. Mm. And we were never very good at the latter, so now we just tell them all how it's brokenly. It's become well, a Well,
1: actually, it's the nice best way to do, you know.
0: Well, it's it's live radio, isn't it? It is what it is. You know, things yeah. go wrong.
1: At at, uh, at the uh, morning show, of course, we have uh, one of the one of the uh, radios. Uh, there's a lot of radios in this build. Or, uh what do you call them? Broadcast stations. Yes, a lot of broadcast stations. And one of them isn't totally automated. It's, it just runs completely by a computer and does its own thing
0: yeah it's scary when they do it um mm. but they're even more scary when they don't do it and you can't rely i mean lou does a brilliant job holding it together on the morning show and ben likewise and the other staff at talking Net for this show who's, who's ben it is ben tonight isn't it is it is it ben roy usually does it oh is it roy i thought it was ben
1: it used,
0: to be, it used to be karina that was easy yeah. Come and go. Yeah, they come and they go, and yeah, we get the letters from the lawyers afterwards. Mm, anyway, um, but yeah, That's I mean, this. this this age of modern technology because it's kind of the same with ghost hunting. You know, when I first started to look for ghosts rather mm-hmm. than hunt for ghosts, uh, as a, as a youngster, um, I would just adopt the measures that Peter Underwood and Harry Price and what do they know Andrew Green well it was a case of just go there and be there and wait and see if anything happened
1: right and people uh, today the things of Zach Bagans and Jason Harris and
0: now, now yeah they the ghost go along. boys whatever yeah they, they they they're not actually spending time looking at the environment they're looking at little tiny 2 or 3 inch screens or flashing lights and mm-hmm. They don't just sit there and wait for something to happen. They have to be proactive. They have to yell at the poor ghost and, like, go on or
1: I'll fight you and
0: I'll exercise you and I'll do horrible right. things and- or I'll tax you. Yeah, well, yeah, well. Anyway. But, you know, I mean, that, go, yeah. technology has radically changed ghost hunting. I mean, technology is part of ghost hunting, sure. Right. Uh, you know, Harry Price used, used thermometers and uh, devices in order to be able to... Accurately document the cold spot at Borley, uh, mm-hmm. for example, and th- in, in that context, they're useful. But do you remember last year at, at Spirit Coast when we had the SLS camera, and it was yeah. like it was like the, the the most awesome piece of technology that people people were worshipping it.
1: Of course, because it's they well, would. Yeah, you
0: know, oh, this thing finds ghosts. Well, no, it doesn't find ghosts. It so you see. Well, we... What do you know? What do you know? Well, I'll tell you what we do know, because we were able to show them for certain that it wasn't finding ghosts, because we were getting...
1: Yeah,
0: that's... Yeah, they they don't believe that. Well, they didn't, even though they could make a ghost to order. Yeah, the ghost was just cooperating with them, that's all. All right. That's how it works. Anyway. (sighs) That's what that lady said anyway, after it had been So much for
1: the technology. Anyways, on the... the, uh, uh, Monday show, uh, we were talking about haunted roads in one segment. And I came across. I've
0: investigated this, a couple of them.
1: I know. That I came across this one. And this is like the epitome of all haunted roads. It's called Clinton Road in West Milford, New Jersey. There are real reports of phantom headlights that appear out of nowhere. Followed right headlights. Dry, headlights. Listen.
0: I thought you said headlights.
1: Yeah, that too. Uh, follow drivers at an alarmingly close distance and suddenly disappear. An old abandoned uh, circus zoo has apparently resulted in creeper inbred creatures which also resemble possessed albino deers. At the old boy bridge, if you throw a coin over the edge, the ghost of a kid who drowned there will throw it back at you. And if that's not enough, Clinton Road is also a hot spot for. Satanic Worship, Druid Temples in New Jersey, oh well, and bizarre Halloween Mass strewn all about. So is that the epitome of Haunted Roads or what? Steve? Okay, so I'm not sure if I'm gone or if he's gone, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's that was on the morning show. And I, I, I mean, and I believe that like, Anything else just dulls in comparison to that fantastic, uh, story. So, uh, but anyways, Steve has left. Okay. So moving right along, uh, we are going to, uh, move on to, uh, other haunted places as well. And this is includes, uh, ghost ships, um, there are many, many ghost ships. Some of them are more famous, of course, like the Mary Celeste and the uh, uh, the Flying Dutchman. And some of them, and the Cyclops and a bunch of other cool ones. But some of them are more obscure. And so I thought I'd look at a couple of, of the obscure, obscure ones. And to start it off, we will go with the... Sam Ratatula Langini. Now, the, it's a uh, mimer, a mimer, I can never say that word. This is a mimer ghost ship. And it's a pretty recent one and most likely uh, been solved or not. Anyways, the miner, also known as Burma, uh, ghost ship was the Sam Ratatou, a 1600. Uh, FB 1600 freighter. Fishermen found it off the coast of Burma. I'm going to say Burma because I can say Burma better than Myanmar. Uh, w- empty of people and cargo on August 2018. So that was years ago. I mean, one year ago. Shortly afterwards, through the uh, Burma Navy, they discovered the freighter had been on its way uh, to a shipbreaking plant to be dismantled. It was being towed by a tugboat in bad weather. The cable connecting the tugboat snapped, and the Maya or the Burma ghost ship appeared without a crew, which makes sense. See, so sometimes there are logical explanations, even though uh, you wouldn't believe it. So what else we get? It's kind of cool. So how about the ghost ship Jenny? Uh, Now, this ghost ship might be one of the most disturbing of all. The story, which is unsubstantiated, comes from an anonymous account of a guillain ship called Hope. As the story goes, in 1840, uh, the Hope came across the Jenny, a schooner, completely frozen in the Antarctic Drake, Ike pass- Drake Ice Passage. The crew of the ghost ship, uh, Jenny, was still on board, but all frozen to death. The captain was frozen to his desk and there was an open logbook, which read May 4th, 1823. No food. No food for 71 days. I am the only one left alive. Sure, the ghost study is the most sensationalized, but uh, it might have been uh, based on truth. This is, yeah, it's a... There are other ships that were found uh, in the ice packs as well. I believe the two ships that were sent from England to uh, uh, rescue him. Steve, you back now? Steve? I guess not. Anyway.
0: Didn't we talk about technology? No. Oh, because as you talked about technology, there was a flash and a crash of lightning and all the Internet and the electricity went off.
1: Did it really? Yeah. All right. Obviously. So anyway, while you were going, I was talking about. Did you hear any about the uh,
0: ghost road? All I heard was uh, haunted headlights. Headlights.
1: <laughs> All right. So I, I really, uh, basically, it's a it's it's a road in in Clinton, New Jersey, that. Phantom lights appear, follow you at a close distance, and disappear. There's supposedly a circus zoo, uh, an abandoned circus zoo, and these white albino possessed deers have been seen. Uh, there's also uh, a bridge where if you throw a coin over, a little boy who drowned in it will throw the coin back at you. Ooh. And uh, also uh, there has been reports of satanic worship there, and more interestingly, druid temples, which Brilliant is interesting temples. in New Jersey, <laughs> They lost. and Halloween masks thrown all of, over the place. So that is the uh haunted road, I think. I don't um, think there's anyone as haunted as that one.
0: Uh, oh, now. Um, you got something better? I will listen. No, well, I mean, it, it's it kind of, I mean, we have lots of haunted roads in the UK, obviously. And, yes. um the, 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 there was one thing in there that i mean i i, we, I along with parasites have investigated a number of them, one very famous one um which is the stocks bridge bypass um but one of the one of the things in what you were saying to me um was the the white deer right because oh, it reminded right, yeah. me, it reminded me of a an encounter I had one night at the haunted Margham castle manor house. Um, where we'd been ghost hunting, it was about three AM, mm-hmm. and while we were there, the fog had descended, and um, it was a very sort of unlit, dark, gloomy place, as you can imagine. And as we got, I got into the car to drive down through the through the, the grounds of the castle back to the main road, and through the mist, which was reflecting off the headlights, uh, and you could barely see the front end of the car. Loomed this gigantic white shape with glowing red eyes. Ooh! Turned out to be one of the uh, white deer that lived in the park. Oh, really? Yeah. But back to the back to the uh, Stocksbridge Bypass, uh, which is ju- it's a major it's a major sort of um, dual carriageway road, so four lane road, uh, right. which ju- goes between the cities of Manchester and Sheffield, which is. It was it, it used to be in the headlines a lot, um as of the most haunted road in the world, blah blah blah. Um Aren't they all? Aren't they all? Um and This thing, I mean, there was hardly a week went by without one of the national newspapers in the UK uh, 15 years ago running a story on this. So we decided to go up there and check it out because Mm -hmm. it was about uh, an hour, hour and a half drive away from us. Um, It wasn't the road itself. Uh, The road had gained this fearsome reputation as a killer road because there had been quite a number of, of serious accidents on the road. Uh, and in a number of accidents, uh, the drivers of the vehicles had claimed that they had seen this tall, dark apparition looming uh, towards the car. They'd swerved to avoid the figure, and ultimately they crashed, there you go. Yep. Um, which which is fantastic. Now, the road actually wasn't uh, an old road. It, it, it literally was a brand-new bypass uh, that began construction in the late 1980s. Um, and during that time, uh, obviously a lot of stories started to grow up um, there 's a mythology about the road, including that whilst it was being built, security guards um, patrolling the site and had uh, numerous excitings uh, of their own um, they They would claim that they 'd seen a group of children in very old fashioned Victorian clothing dancing in a circle. Uh, in a field that ran alongside the roadside. Um, And these children seemed to be singing and laughing in the dead of night and singing nursery rhymes, but they were dressed in this sort of weird Victorian garb. Um, But one of the most bizarre ones, uh, obviously apart from the dark figure, um, was what happened... um, just after the road had opened um and there had been some call-outs uh, or just before the, just as the road was opening there had been some activity around f- uh, people seen around the construction site possibly interfering with the the earth moving equipment or breaking into storage containers so the police were duly called uh, and they arrived there was a, as I, if i remember rightly there were, there were uh police sergeants and, uh, a constable arrived and they sat Dylan? no 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 different area of the country altogether oh. okay. and they parked on on the or, or almost uh, completed road beneath a uh, an overpass and they sat there waiting um when apparently one of the two officers claimed that there was a large man's body Uh, Or he could see a large man pressed up against the side of the vehicle, but he could only see it from the neck to the waist. Um, The figure that they as he as he shouted to his colleague, um, the figure apparently ran around the vehicle to the other side and they leapt out of the car and uh, looked around them. But there was nobody there. They couldn't see anybody. They shone the torches. Um, so they decided to move the car into a lay by a puller uh, i don 't know what the american put, is, is it the same but whatever um, and radioed for assistance so they these two guys were sitting now in the car waiting for backup to arrive when it f- The car began to shake violently and there was a series of heavy thuds and bangs as if something was hammering heavily on the roof of the car and shaking the car. Mm -hmm. Um, Two policemen, obviously, uh, they didn't get out, but they drove away as fast as they could. Mm -hmm. And they did actually make an official uh, report about the incident. Although interestingly that did seem to disappear in later years mm. uh, there were other people who claimed um that they'd seen this this dark figure, this robed, dark figure, a very tall figure which some described as a monk uh standing on the bridge that these two uh, policemen were near and then parked underneath uh, and also claimed to have witnessed the children. Uh, mm. Other people claimed to have seen a large black dog with glowing red eyes Ooh, standing on a sh- stand it. Standing on the footpath or running right out across the the roadway, and there was it. Then there was Devil a, Dogs, are one of my favourites. You know that <laughs> Devil Dogs, Black Monks, and, mm. and dancing dancing Victorian children singing nursery rhymes. This one had it all. Mm. Um, but st- statistically, the road did in in the first five years gain this uh, reputation, and this was borne out by the stati- statistics as uh, having the highest accident rate in. England, Um, and there were many, many stories. Stories. I mean, the stories still do continue to this day, but it's kind of faded away. Now, it was it it was examined by many, many people. Uh, Eventually, the Roads Agency um, published a report and looking at the times of the accidents and the conditions under which the drivers were, the weather conditions, and all manner of other things that were prevailing at the time, and what they concluded. Um, and it is something that I can support from my own experience of being there Uh, is that at certain times of the day because of the east-west alignment of the major section of the road you come around this long curve and then um, but the road is predominantly east-west aligned Mm -hmm. so in the early morning and early evening you are driving directly into either the setting or rising sun and it uh, it is very low on the horizon because obviously this road is a bypass. that goes over some very high ground between Sheffield and Manchester, uh, and so the the angle of the sun is literally you know at the road uh, road level, and it mm-hmm. is incredibly intense and br- and blinding. Yeah, we have those ro- in our sorry our yeah. roads, so I, and what goes. they looked at was the accident figures and and the times, and they realised that it was when it was a a clear a clear day. Um, and in the morning and in the evening, predominantly to uh, westbound drivers in the evening and eastbound drivers in the morning, so that that was borne out by the statistics. what was never uh, satisfactorily uh, understood was any of the paranormal reports for a long time uh, for about four or five years uh, it became a bit of a mecca for local ghost hunting groups um who would travel from uh, manchester sheffield and much further afield it was the subject of uh, one or two television programs there was a series uh, that was here in the uk called the ghost hunters I had nothing long before um the plumbers got involved uh this was a, a, a a more serious documentary-style program, and that featured it, uh, it featured the road in a 30-minute episode uh, back in the early 1990s. And so it was uh, renowned, uh, perhaps you know, sort of it was right up there in Britain's sort of top five haunted locations. But down the years, the accident rate has dropped because they've uh, they uh, they put in a tree screen, uh, and these trees have now grown and matured. They did some other revision work with um, light. They put this series of um, barriers in that angle um, and protect the driver from, uh, rather like you see on motorways or interstates where you have the protection from oncoming headlight glare. They they did those sort of works and other remedial works. Um but the stories still continue uh, groups don 't go there anymore because they 'd much rather spend the night trooping around a haunted house with the s l s camera than sit oh, on a deserted bad. sit on a deserted road bridge over you know over an int, over a bypass uh waiting for their car to be shaken to pieces mm. but it was a fascinating case in its day and um although it, the reports do continue to dribble out we it doesn 't it, it's lost the status as it used to have, like many haunted houses, like, like for example, um, Chingle Hall, which mm. was again, uh, it was in that featured in that very same series, The Ghost Hunters.
1: That sounds uh, like an uh, interesting series.
0: It is. It's on. It's it, it's available on YouTube. If you have a look, it's called oh, The it Ghost is.
1: Hunters. It's that Ghost Hunters.
0: The Ghost Hunters. It's about uh, seven or eight, uh, about six or eight episodes long. Yeah, interesting. And fe- and features, you know, some of the. Uh, most notable British cases of the 1990s. Oh,
1: that's pretty cool. So anyways, yeah. uh, we're up to the break now, so uh, we're going to take a little break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Cole, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom in Methuen, Mass and Gallant and Messier Family Law Group. We'll be right back. and spooky, they all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family the shows are paranormal not stuffy but informal the topics are abnormal the Parrax family
0: they're strange deranged unrestrained so grab your favorite brew it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family Ghost Chronicles International, completely technological specters in the machine with Ron Cole Tell you and, That cursed yeah, picture. Is, I'm going to burn it. I am mm. going to burn it. Night one of Spirit Quest. It's going. Mm-hmm. I will rid you of the curse of the headlines.
1: We, no, we will incorporate that in uh, Saturday night's event. Just like I did the iguana.
0: Then gonna burn it. The haunted iguana. I could, I, I could, we could burn both at the end Men of Men who steer yeah.
1: right at corners.
0: Yeah, okay. okay. Anyway,
1: yeah. So, you just before the break, you started mentioning another place that uh, uh series ch- ch- covered. Ching-
0: Yeah, Chingle Hall. Uh, Chingle or Shingle? Chingle, C H I N G L E. Chingle Hall. Um, it's, it's, uh, it was the absolute. It was always described as the most haunted house in England in the Quali was. In the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties. Oh, And it was it was the Premier League of haunted locations. It oh. was visited by um many um ghost and, ghost and ghost hunters. That's it, uh, well hang on. Uh by many groups. Okay. Um but there weren't that many groups back in the eighties and nineties. That's uh, for sure. It was also fairly regularly visited by the BBC, um, by other TV companies. It featured on that programme, The Ghost Hunters. I was sort Ghost Hunters, which is available. Um, and it was a. It, it's it, it's located between Liverpool and Blackpool, um, up on the northwest coast of great britain the building dates back to uh the earliest times uh, so you were talking about the early medieval period mm-hmm. um and the the actual standing building is is uh not not obviously not as old um there were remains of the old moat that surrounded the house um, there were all manner of uh ghosts attached to it the most notable you know do you know what i'm just going to make sure um i get all of the details because it's been near nigh on 20 years since um i last visited um oh so you did go there oh we went countless times countless times Parasites. Parasites Winter. That's one of it was one of the places that, that we sort of uh, cut our teeth on as early as, a, as an early group. Mm-hmm. Um, Say so the the it, it dates to around the early medieval period. Uh, the manor house was was then built and it's surrounded by a moat. Uh, the, the the current building was built in the 16th century and has a a small. Uh, bridge uh, over the moat that leads up to the doorway. Um, The most notable story about it was one of St. John Wall. Uh, Now, St. John Wall was a Catholic saint who, during the Reformation, um, he was a a Roman Catholic priest. He was a son of the house, and he was born at Chingle Hall. Um, He was martyred and His his I think it was his skull was buried somewhere on the on on the land, uh, but nobody ever found it. His hand, actually, I think, is in Manchester in a Catholic college in Manchester, the hand of St. John Wall. Uh, And inside the hall, they discovered uh, the uh, parts of the original uh, chapel with a a crucifix hidden in the plaster on the wall so that, for example, um, people would come to Chingle Hall to receive mass during the Reformation when when it was illegal or virtually illegal to be a Roman Catholic and Queen Elizabeth's uh, militia would hunt down these priests these Catholic priests and hang draw and quarter them and persecute them uh, and execute them and John Wall was one of those and he gained his sainthood because he was martyred for his for his religion um so when they were doing renovation work they they discovered this wooden crucifix set into the wall um of the of the former uh i think it was a former kitchen which they could convert rapidly into a chapel so that people could come and take mass there mm-hmm. uh, there was a, the building also has a priest hole now this building gained a reputation absolutely second to none Uh, for the quality and quantity of the haunting activity that took place in Chingle Hall. Uh, They had a, I remember they used to have this thick uh, book that they, they kept uh, and groups visiting groups or ghost hunters would record their different experiences in this book. And I still have a digital copy of that because the owner at the time he, who um, he's passed away now uh, asked us if we would digitize it for him uh, if we could make a digital copy uh, that he could retain because the book was obviously starting to fall apart I think we must have we must have spent uh, well, um, more than tens of hours there. We certainly okay. visited on, on dozens of occasions because it wasn't very far away. Um, it was also the place where um, those who will, are aware of uh, Most Haunted um, will, might remember back in series one, uh, the original ghost investigator on the team was Jason Carl. Now, back in the day, Jason, uh, who's from that part of uh, the world, was also friends of the family. And uh, he would regularly overnight there to caretake the property and and to carry out his own investigations. Um, whilst there were ghost hunters there while, and the family were away, and we got to know Jason quite well. Um, but it, it was—I it, mean, you know—if you Google Chingle Hall and ghosts, you will see. Uh, particularly if you go onto YouTube, you will find these old BBC radio broadcasts because it was it was it was it really was um a-list uh here in the uk but there was a change of ownership after uh trevor kirkham died um in the late 90s i think trevor passed away mm-hmm. um and gradually the uh, the present owner didn't want anything to do with it the, the building was never open to the open to the public as such although on a, um, a weekend uh, some Sundays one of the they, they would do guided tours of the house uh, back in back in the 80s and the 90s uh, historical tours of the house which turned into ghost tours of the house <laughs> because because they because gradually over time as the reputation and the media coverage for Chingle Hall took over um the the location became more and more renowned and well-known for its ghosts. And, do you know, one of the things I remember about Chingle Hall was, A, uh, if you overnighted there, you, you obviously paid this small amount of money. And it was a reasonable amount of money. You know, it, it, we're not talking hundreds or thousands. We're talking tens of pounds to go there. And the, the family always laid on... Um, Toast and cereal and tea and coffee for breakfast. Um, but it did have one annoying. There was one annoying aspect to all of the investigations uh, that we did there, and that was Trevor himself, bless him. Uh, Trevor was he was Canadian by birth, and either um, or, or, he was or he, no Trevor was Canadian by birth, or he'd lived there for a very long time. I know his wife Judy was definitely Canadian. And uh, they'd moved over to the UK. They'd actually fought a court case over the, the haunted status of the property. Really? Um, and it was then officially ga- um, given recognition as being haunted um, by a magistrate or a, ju- or a court judge. Um, but nonetheless, what tra- where, where it was... Um, a problem with the investigation wasn't access. We were given unlimited, unrivaled access to the location, as was anybody else who who visited. Uh, But it was Trevor's penchant for sitting up till uh, 3 or 4 a.m. with a bottle of whiskey. (laughs) <laughs> uh, telling tell you, a guy. <laughs> yeah, telling telling you all about the ghosts and um, his life and other stories. When what you really had gone there for was to conduct uh, an experiment or to take some measurements, and you needed to have some control of the property, um, you couldn't really tell a man in his own house to bugger off and go to bed because you needed to get something done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, I remember on at least half the occasions we went there, we came away. Um, I mean, we'd had a fantastic time talking to Trevor, but we'd achieved absolutely nothing by by way of what we'd gone up there to try and achieve. Um, but it was back in the day, you know, it was you think of the locations now in the UK that are uh, top tier uh, 30 East Drive and De Grey Street in Hull and these other places, Poltergeist House and where people go. Uh, but chingle was an absolute a-lister and it only had things like you know your nice apparition uh, that didn't oh, that's re- nice. they never attacked you know the apparitions didn't attack you um unlike today's tv shows unlike on today's it, these were just you know your bog standard good old fashioned british ghost that just wandered the corridor doing its thing uh, interfering with nobody Um, And just getting on with being a ghost. Mm. Good old days. But like like Stocksbridge, um, it was also it was covered in that television series, which is why I was reminded of it. But like Stocksbridge, these were, you know, mega cases. These were you never went a month without one or other of them appearing in the media. Um, overblown claims, as the media is prone to do, but nonetheless, and now they've just faded away, been replaced by by demonic poltergeist attacking. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's really changed in the last twenty, thirty years.
1: That it has. That it has, and
0: not for the best.
1: I agree with you, but anyway. Yeah. So. so uh, over. Uh, should, no, that was
0: you, good. You should catch I, that I, series.
1: Um, I will. You really got me intrigued about. It. I want to see how the early shows were really
0: run. And uh, they're all available on YouTube. The problem is because of the title that they used, the Ghost Hunters. Um, you know, if you Google search uh, or you YouTube search ghost the Ghost Hunters, you have to trawl through um, hundreds well, and
1: hundreds of the Ghost Hunters UK.
0: Well, that might work. It worked when I just got one man. But there is still – that was page three. The rest of them were all Granton. and uh, – Grant um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they have two new shows coming out too, so that's cool. Yeah. Not Each good. have their own show. So So, anyways, I was talking about what Haunted uh, Roads, and then while you were gone off the air, I, was, I switched over to some of the lesser-known uh, Haunted Ships. Uh-huh. And- Mysteries, I guess you would call them. And one of them is the mummy ghost ship. Uh, This was back in 2016. Uh, Philippine fishermen boarded a seemingly abandoned yacht. Uh, They weren't prepared for what they found. Of course not. They never are. Because on board (laughs) was the mummified body of a German sailor. Oh, Manfred Fritz Azure, who had been sailing around the world for. 20 years. He had last been seen in uh, 2009, although a friend said he had heard from Bourget on uh, Facebook in 2015. There was no evidence of foul play, so it seemed uh, like, uh, you know, the warm weather and salty air mummified the body until they did the autopsy. And then the autopsy revealed that he was only dead for about a week. So you saw the picture of the body?
0: Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen the pictures. Um, they, in fact, they, 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 they pop up occasionally on social media, uh, together with the story. A yeah. Fascinating story, but um,
1: I, I yeah. talked about a lot of them. There was another one. Let me switch back to that because I. Well, why would you do trying, that? I, well, hang no, on about, a second. Oh, wait, wait, hang oh, on a second, because I want to. Because I, I will forget this thing, and I already started <laughs> to talk to you about it, and. Uh, it, uh, it, didn't, uh, it didn't. It uh, didn't happen because you disappeared. But uh, I'm so sorry. It, only because I, I wanted some information, and I, I believe you would know that information if I bring up the story. So, anyways, um, the name of the ship is the cas 2. No, that's not the one I was looking for. Crap!
0: <laughs> Just all well, there we are.
1: All right. So I guess it's on to you.
0: OK, well, because when you said about ghost ships, uh, where I live at, currently in Pembrokeshire has one of the best documented um, ghost ships or ship ghost ship, ship ghost stories mm-hmm. uh, re- reported uh, by a the captain of a Royal Naval vessel mm-hmm. um, that took place less than a half a mile from here. Uh, really? In fact, if I if. If I looked out of the office window, I could actually see the part, the portion of the Claddai River where it took place. Oh, it was on the river? Yeah, well, it's a a, a warship. Uh, Yeah, because back then, back in the day, Pembroke Dock was one of Britain's um, main Royal Naval dockyards. And HMS Asp, 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 as in the snake, um, was a uh, small Admiralty vessel. Um, it was a paddle wheeler, mm-hmm. um, and she came into Pembroke Dock uh, in 1850. Uh, her captain was, I think, Captain Aldridge, and he was when when he first stepped aboard the ship, he was warned that it was haunted. Uh, the story relates to its time before it was uh, commandeered by or bought by the Royal Navy, mm-hmm. when it had been a passenger boat plying between uh, Milford Haven here in Britain and uh, wexford in ireland uh but the admiralty purchased the ship because they wanted it uh for uh, coastal duties so aldridge was appointed it was refitted and uh but aldridge was a disbeliever he chose to ignore the stories uh but within a few days he was forced to admit that there was something very strange about asp and something about the ship. very strange because um adjacent to his cabin he could hear loud noises coming from the cabin next to his and whenever he went in or whenever anybody rushed in to investigate there was uh, nothing uh, was ever found drawers were pulled open Uh, there were voices shouting and um, could be heard talking and shouting and he was once woken uh, when his bed was pulled all around the cabin and he was tipped out of the bed Uh, The bedclothes were pulled uh, to the floor and occasionally a cold hand would caress him, caress his head. I know. Uh, There were other members of the the crew and workmen also experienced many of these uh, same sort of stories. In fact, many people refused to go on board the ship, Uh, but things eventually had to come to a head and they did um, as the ship was moored in the Kledai River. Uh, during the, or at the end of the refitting process, uh, it was moored up uh, at what's called Lorene Quay. Um, and the quartermaster, the um, master at arms on the ship, was terrified by when he saw a woman standing on one of the paddle boxes, uh, because she was a paddle wheeler, as I said before. And the right. woman was pointing, had one arm raised, pointing to the sky, and then she faded away. But so Aldrich decided to investigate the history of the Asp when she was a passenger vessel and found out that during its time as a as as a passenger vessel between Britain and Ireland, there had been a young woman who'd been murdered in the cabin next to the one that was now his, the captain's cabin. Um, The the murder was recorded, but nobody found out uh, her identity was questionable and they never found the killer. Um, the the final sort of act of this was when the woman was seen again um, standing on the paddle box and pointing skywards but this the Aspert this time was moored up at Pembroke Dock alongside the quay and the woman uh, f- moved from the paddle box on the ship along the deck and off the gangplank onto the Keyside, and then at that point she disappeared. And at that point, um, a lot of the activity on ASP ceased. But there really? was still re- there were still reports afterwards of um, m- minor activity. Um, which continued right up to the day when the ship was ultimately broken up. She had a reputation of being an unlucky ship as well, uh, but that all took place here. and the, the captain's report is still lodged with the Admiralty, who describes this this account of the experiences of H.M.S. Asp, and it's one of those stories that um, it, it's oft told, and there are different versions because it's oft told by different authors. There are different versions of the story, and people like to surmise. More about the woman, or the murder, or the background to the story, um, but there's no doubt that the events were reported at the time, and that the captain uh, documented them in his captain's log, which is lodged with the Admiralty.
1: And that's the interesting thing. I mean, the, the one I was talking about was a uh, a uh, ship that was found by the Hope. And it was a uh, yacht, uh, yacht It was found in Antarctica, frozen in the ice. Everybody on board was frozen to death. The captain was at his desk writing with an open log book. Log book. And, uh, you know, he said, no food in 71 days. But, you know, imagine finding that and you go on, on board and – that's what you find you find you know mummies you find frozen i mean is there a way to even describe that
0: i wouldn't know how to you'd end up with ptsd wouldn't you i I would you know it's if you came across that sort of uh situation yeah
1: and and you know some of these mysteries they're People come up with explanations, and and then the explanations are taken as uh, proof, and that kind of irks me in a, in a way. In that, um, you know, it's 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 like ghost hunting, really, because you you come up and you say, "Oh, okay, this is this is uh, probably how it happened," but you, you really can't prove that it happened that way. You know, it just. It's, we want to believe whatever we believe, and we'll take any evidence that we have to uh, solidify our case and while well, ignoring others at the same time. So,
0: <laughs>
1: it, it, it's kind of irritating on, on what's…
0: What's that saying? Um, no amount of evidence will convince a skeptic? And
1: it's true. I, I really do. And, and no matter how many people tell you, "Oh, I'm I'm scientific, I'm skeptical,"
0: I'm an open-minded, skeptical psychic. Yeah, I, that works too. <laughs> how many times have we heard that on this show? Mm. But you know, psychic it is what it psychic, is. psychic. I I I'm psychic, but I I uh, I'm always open-minded, and I always like to look for the scientific explanation. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's an oxymoron. It is. Just yeah. just compl- completing the ASP story. Um, I was oh, just I'm reminded- sorry. I
1: thought you were done with it. No, I, I
0: was, but while you were talking, I just grabbed a, a copy of um, an 1860s, 1870s magazine I've got here. Uh, be- be- because I know it contains – You are like the uh,
1: man, you
0: know. I know it contains a letter written to the editor of the Pembroke Dock and Tenby Gazette. Now, both these towns are within five miles of me. Uh, it says, Sir, I shall feel obliged by your inserting in your next impression an account of a ghost which has been seen on board HMS Asp from 1850 to 1857. The account I have is in the handwriting of Captain Aldridge, Royal, Naval, Royal Navy, who was in command of that ship all of the, t- the above time. The letter was sent to me by the gentleman who now resides in Exeter with a request that I should investigate the matter and supplying with any information that I might be able to gain in connection with this most mysterious tale. I know of no better way of attaining this end than by publishing the story in your newspaper. At the time, soliciting information in person or by letter from any person who may happen to be conversant with the facts and be able to throw light upon the subject. I am, sir, your obedient servant, C. Douglas Vicarage Pembroke, January 21st, 1868. Um, and that was a letter written to um, the Pembroke Dock and Tenby Gazette and was then reproduced a uh, the few months later in the Spiritual Magazine. Hmm. Um, it's fascinating because there you have an account that goes back. You know, you can trace it all. But look at the way that the investigator uh, is approaching that. Uh, this Reverend C. Douglas. Um, who's been asked if he will investigate and supply any information that he can he can get? Uh, you know, they didn't have SLS cameras, of course they didn't. But he's doing what a good investigator today should do. He's looking for as much information and pertaining, and it, the line who may be conversant with the facts and is able to shed any light upon the subject. Mm. You know, I agree with you on that. Those days those days have gone because they've now been replaced by, as you say, people who believe that belief is reality. You know, belief is – because you believe something doesn't mean that it is so. You know, you might believe the world is flat doesn't make the world flat. True. Conversely, so anyways, if you believe it, it doesn't mean that they exist.
1: We're coming up to the end. I want to sneak one more in there, and this is the MV Joy Vita. This is from 1955. The uh, merchant ship MV Jovida set off for a two-day journey in the South Pacific. It would never reach its destination. The rescue crew searched. Uh, the rescue crew, The rescue team's search turned out blank, and it wasn't more. It wasn't more than a month later that another captain spotted the partially sunk ship. The ship had no sign of the 25 passengers. And uh, the investigator deemed its doom inexplicable over the years, several theories, and this is what it is, all theories, everything from Soviet submarines kidnapping the crew to Japanese fishermen killing everybody on board. Uh, recent family – as as recent as 2002, family members are still searching for what could have went wrong. One professor insists the most likely scenario is that corroded pipes were leaking and flooded the boat, forcing the crew to abandon the ship, and yet they never
0: found the bodies. Oh, nah. I, mean, I reckon Amelia Earhart crashed into it.
1: Oh, gee, you <laughs> solved it for us. Thank you. I, you know, I had – you know, I was worried. That's good. That's we we were able to do because something on this show. There, at least we'd be able to solve the mystery, mystery of the Joya Vida. Yep.
0: Yeah, and also at the same time solve the mystery of what happened to Amelia Earhart.
1: Exactly. Ah, oh, jeez. Thank you, Steve. That's,
0: uh, <laughs> that uh, well us was... the Japanese off the hook again. Yeah, and the Soviets and the Soviets and uh, yeah, whoever else kidnapped Amelia Earhart. Yeah, whatever.
1: It's, I don't know. That's the problem. We, we come up with theories, and then if you put that on there, uh, and, and you go to a skeptical site, and, and uh, they'll say, Oh, that's been solved. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah, so it was Amelia Earhart. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. You know, whatever they time, want.
0: Some, some guy will do a YouTube show about that boat, and they'll say, Yeah, uh, I, uh, I heard that Amelia Earhart tried to land on it, and she crashed. There you go. Yeah.
1: So, anyways, we just to about my out of time. in the
0: Alabama woods.
1: We want to thank everybody for uh, listening to the show today. And uh, remember, this show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Ramrack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group. And tune in next week when we'll have something else. So, check out our website. Get your tickets for Spare quest, n e ghost project.com, Good night. God bless. Bye.